question the voices of res and I hear Oh plastics Plastics is an SPE sponsored podcast. Hi plastics pals. Have you heard of the SPE Foundation? The SPE Foundation is an arm of SPE that supports the development of plastics professionals by funding quality educational programs, grants, and scholarships, emphasizing science, engineering, sustainability, and manufacturing to create inclusive opportunities for students around the world. All our favorite stuff. In 2021, the SBE Foundation awarded an impressive total of over $200,000 in scholarships to graduate and undergraduate students pursuing careers in the amazing plastics industry. So amazing. And today we're giving the power to the pupil. We've invited on four of our 2022 winners and you're going to hear from them about what the application process was like, how they got involved in plastics, and some of the cool projects they've worked on like beach cleanups, machine learning, and the use of AI and formulation, working on a Ford Mustang and an internship, and innovative materials design for implantables. We're airing this as our March episode as a reminder that the 2023 to 2024 scholarship deadline is coming up April 1st. So if you're a student or know someone who is, head on over to the SPE Foundation page at 4SPE.org to learn more. Okay, and welcome scholarship winner Rachel LeBlanc. Thanks so much for joining us. Hi, um, I'm Rachel. And I'm currently a BSMS student at Case Western Reserve University studying um, polymer science and engineering. Um, yeah, and I'm currently in my last semester of my studies on my way to get my master's degree in May. So I'm super excited for that. Doing all the things all at once. Well, wonderful. What, <laughs> what, um, what, uh, what master's program? Is that also at Case? Yeah, so it, it is at Case Western. It's a five-year combined program. So you get your bachelor's degree. And as you're getting your bachelor's degree, you start taking your master's courses. And you can kind of double count them for your bachelor's and your master's. And then basically you get your master's in five years instead of six years. Just in case you weren't busy enough doing just an undergrad engineering degree, you just want to throw that in just in case. Just in case. <laughs> so tell us, um, how did you get interested in, you know, polymer science, plastics? What what drew you to it? Or was it by mistake, as it so often is in this industry? Yeah, it was a mistake for yeah, so for me, it was also kind of a mistake. I came in <laughs> to college wanting to do biomedical engineering. Um, and here at Case, they offer a bunch of different tracks within the biomedical engineering field. Um, and the one that was really speaking to me was the biomaterials track or materials for the body, things that are in contact or implanted in the body. Um, but what I found with the biomedical engineering curriculum here was that there was still a lot of focus on other aspects of engineering they're kind of like a jack of all trades but I was really interested in the material side of things so the nice thing about case is that they also have this amazing polymer science and engineering department um, that works pretty closely with the biomedical engineering department and it made it pretty easy for me to switch over into polymers so I could focus more on the materials aspect of things yeah, the materials definitely are the cooler end of things, especially when you start talking about implantables and, um, you know, anything that's coming in contact with the body. Um, just having some experience with that, that's where it really gets kind of wild. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and with sustainability initiatives now, materials is really where it's at. Um, and, and I guess, you know, I should say that me getting into this industry was not a mistake, but a happy accident. Probably the same for you, Rachel. <laughs> I was like, I shouldn't call it a mistake. Yeah, that sounds regrettable. It's a loving <laughs> mistake. No, I'm, I'm very happy with how things turned out. So I guess it wasn't a mistake. But yes, I, I like the wording, a happy accident. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Rachel, how did you get involved with SBE? Because you're, you're, you're joining us today because you, you won one of the SBE Education Foundation scholarships. So how did you find out about S SPE? Right. So... Um, as I came out of my bachelor's or towards the end of last year, I realized that my my case scholarship that I had was going to end with my with my undergrad. So I realized that I 
I kind of wanted some extra funds to help with the master's portion of things. And just by searching around online, I found SPE and how they had this awesome foundation for scholarships for students. Um, and I found some that I thought applied to me and I I applied to them. So I found them through their scholarships. But then afterwards, I I actually helped establish a relationship with them and my department because we are very much a polymers department and we hadn't previously had a relationship with SPE. So now we have a student chapter of SPE for the macro. Department. Oh, wow. So you, yeah. so you helped get the student chapter started. At right, yeah. <laughs> uh, I love that. Yeah, I think I think all too many times, uh, you know, there's a lot of students that are doing things that really overlap with what the foundation scholarships have available. And, you know, there's a ton of foundation scholarships. There's like, uh, I think off the top of my head, like 30 or something like that. There's there's so many. And I think there are programs that are very similar, like Case Western, that are probably not aware yet. And I will say uh, Eve and Katie from the foundation do a really great job at reaching out to a lot of schools. But um, to be able to find that and then establish an ongoing relationship is such such a big deal. Yeah, I was pretty surprised that um, we hadn't heard of SP when I talked to my director that he hadn't really heard of it too much. So which I would like to go and pick a bone because I know there are former Penn State students that went there and were SPE members slash still are SPE members. So they should have done stuff. Um, That's a different argument for a different podcast. It doesn't exist. (laughs) So what so what has the SPE student chapter? uh, What what does it look like now? What what kind of activities do you guys do? Um, I'd say kind of engagement. It's still really small because before the SBE chapter or still ongoing right now, we have the Macromolecular Student Organization, which is um, kind of the dominant chapter or student group that we have in the polymers department. So what we've done for the SBE chapter hasn't been much, or if it has been done, it's been with con- in conjunction with this pre-existing with this pre-existing group. And you know, that's funny because I we were talking to another scholarship winner and she was talking about how they have a SPE SAMPI um, combined ch- student chapter. And I think um, maybe what holds up a lot of schools from like creating their SPE chapters thinking like it has to be this standalone thing. But if you have overlapping interests, there's no reason why not to combine them. Like why go to two meetings when you can go to one meeting that solves all your problems. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So can you tell yeah, us a and, little and, bit? You know, another oh. another thing. Oh, I was just going to say another thing that you can do, how you can leverage the student, SPE student chapters is by engaging the student chapter with the local um, SPE chapter. Um, a lot of times, like they will help you guys organize plant tours or set them up for you and, you know, invite you. Are, are you guys engaged with the local chapter too of SPE? I'm not super aware of that, of us well, being engaged with them. But that, that we can, we, yeah, we're gonna we can we're shoot gonna, you an email because uh, the Cleveland yeah, Akron is a very very active um, chapter, and sometimes they actually even interact with us Northwest PA people over here in Erie. So yeah, there's a there's a lot going on, and I think you guys could really benefit from some at least introductions. Right. See, yeah, that would be awesome. SB in action. Look at that. <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about uh, what the application process is for the scholarship? Like how you said you were kind of searching online, you know, what happened from there? Right. So once I was on the SB website, there was just a list of the different scholarships that were available or that were being offered. And based on the descriptions, I would look at the requirements for the application if they fit what I my experiences. Um, and the applications weren't too strenuous or anything. I think there were a few questions asking you um, why you wanted this scholarship, um, why you thought that this scholarship would be meaningful to you or like how your experiences lined up with the meaning of the scholarship. And then I believe I asked I was asked for a few reference letters for some of the scholarships, which I was able to get from my professors. And yeah, so I I applied to a bunch of them. So I I can't imagine it took very long because I was very busy last or last spring when I applied. And yeah, I I think the process was really easy and it's definitely worth checking out if it's something that is applicable to you. 
which which scholarship uh, did you win? Oh my goodness, um, I I can't remember those off the top of my head right now. <laughs> um, but you did you you were awarded multiple SPE scholarships? Yeah, I think I won three of them of varying amounts. Okay. I, there was like one of them had the name Gail in it. Um, oh, the Gail Bristol Scholarship. Yep, yep, that one. And I have to imagine a few of the thermoplastic ones because that's my main focus is. Yeah. And I think that's something that's really great about the foundation scholarship is, you know, you kind of do this one general scholarship, but at the same time, you can almost add on to the scholarships that you think really apply to you. And, you know, sometimes that does require some specialty like the recycling or the injection molding. But I think it gives people a lot broader scope and a lot a lot more opportunity to apply for scholarships than instead of you know just one person who's the smartest fastest strongest um you know best triathlon time winning right <laughs> yeah no there was definitely a scholarship for everybody there were some that i was like oh yeah i'm, I'm definitely not qualified for that one <laughs> others i was like yes that sounds like me so um and so can you tell us some of the projects that you're working on in school, especially being doing all the things all at once? Right. Yeah. So right now, this semester, I'm extremely focused on finishing my thesis. Um, so I can tell you a bit about what my master's thesis is for. Um, we currently are working with the VA hospital here in Cleveland to develop a prosthetic liner that is made up of these thermal plastic materials that can absorb sweat because as you can imagine the the thermoplastic materials the silicones are pretty insulative and don't really allow for the escape of moisture and the heat buildup in a residual limb can really lead to some discomfort for amputees so um what my project is is to develop a um material that is soft enough and um durable enough but can also absorb sweat. So um, that's that's been the bulk of my focus for my master's. And it's, it's really interesting. There's a lot of, um, it's really an engineering project, um, maybe not so much like on the chemistry side of things, which I know a lot of people in my department do, but there are definitely a lot of challenges that I've run into just in terms of like, polymers mixing together or not, adhering things together, different processing um, conditions that work best for these materials. So it's been it's been really interesting and I'm excited to finish it also. <laughs> but yeah. Well, it's funny you say that like you're, you know, not doing as much chemistry as some of like the other people in your group, but I think you're exposing what's a big gap in our industry is you have the people who are very good at processing, mold building, you know, creating the part. You have people that are very good at the chemistry of the part. And sometimes where you see the missing piece is people who can take the chemistry and take the processing and combine it without going too nerd deep into either side of that. (laughs) So I think that project is really right in the sweet spot there. Yeah, I I think it's really interesting and it um, keeps me in line with my original focus of wanting to develop materials that can be used in the medical space. So, yeah, I've I've been really enjoying the project. And and it's and it's also really compelling, too, right, because it's you're you're really talking about how can we make the world a better place for, you know, this specific consumer of this, you know, material. Right. Or the specific user of this material. It's exciting. It's inspiring. (laughs) Right. Yeah, it's been really great. Um, I think soon I'm going to actually go into the VA and show them my prototype. So it'll be really nice to get some feedback and to see some of the people who might benefit from the project that I've been working on. So I'm excited. Yeah, that uh, that would be the cool part, because most of the time it's just, here you go, nameless person. See the thing that I spent all this time on. (laughs) So Rachel, do you, do you, I mean, most people who who work in the industry at some point or another um, face criticism from peers or family just for working with plastics, um, as they call them. We understand it's a, it's a much 
a deeper, uh, much more multifaceted. There's a much greater definition for them than, than most people think of them. Do you face these kinds of preconceptions? How do you, what does that look like? Or and, you just, and, and how do you deal with it? Or you just shove like a prosthetic limb in their face and be like, look it, I'm amazing. Because <laughs> that's what I would do. <laughs> right. No. Um, so I haven't faced too much criticism, but there is always that kind of that look that you get when you first tell them that you're in that you're working with plastics. But I think once I explain to them more that I'm I'm interested in plastics that need to that are very much going to be used to like improve lives and to especially for health reasons and med- medical reasons, I think that kind of helps them like realize that there's a lot more to plastics than just what they see on like those news articles where there's a bunch of plastic bottles floating in the ocean. But I think also a good way to explain to them is that plastics engineering or studying plastics also involves finding ways to recycle the plastics that once we've used them or trying to reverse some of the overuse problems that we've had in the past. And um, I think by telling them that they can appreciate more the work that you're doing in this field. I think you're absolutely right. All right. Well, Rachel, um, I think we are out of time. It was really great talking to you. Um, Obviously, we're going to see you around for a long time because I feel like you have I don't know, 8,000 things left to do in this industry. So (laughs) we appreciate it so much. And thank you for talking to us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I've been loving listening to your podcast. So (laughs) awesome to be on it. Thank you. This episode is supported by the Plastics Industry Association. Mercedes and I are super excited because we're going to join the Plastics Industry Association for the Refocus Recycling and Sustainability Summit May 1st through 4th in Minneapolis. That's where Prince is from. Refocus features action-oriented conversations to equip industry problem solvers and doers with the knowledge and tactics to accelerate plastic sustainability in their company's portfolio. And it addresses sustainability in the plastics industry by the plastics industry, for the people, by the people. And, and as a special treat to our listeners, you will receive 30% discount on the non-member rate when you use the code PLASTICS. That's P-L-A-S-T-C-H-I-C-K-S. We got a code. Look at us. We are code people now. And if you want to learn more and register to join, go to the link in the show notes or go to Plastics Industries website at plasticsindustry.org. Mr. Alan Roman, thank you so much for joining us on Plastics today. No, thank you for, for inviting me and thank you for pronouncing my last name correctly. I know she sometimes it's best. hard, but, <laughs> but so, so it's an honor to be here. I know my advisor was part of this. Um, he was super excited. And so then I told him, Tim, I'm also going to be famous like you, so watch out. <laughs> I mean, it is it is a hard Look level out. to reach up to the <laughs> famousness of Tim Oswald. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself, what you're studying, uh, what school you're at, and um, what which SPE scholarship you won. Yeah, so uh, I'm currently a fifth-year PhD student studying mechanical engineering at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. My advisor is um, Professor Oswald, as I mentioned before. And the scholarship I won was the UDI, the, uh, it was sponsored by Underground Devices Incorporated, the Donald McCoy scholarship. And so it was a huge surprise when Eve called me. I was like working and I get a call. It's like, is this Alan? I'm like, uh, yes, this is Eve. I'm like, Eve, who's Eve? She's like, <laughs> I need, I'm telling you that you won X amount of money. I was like, what? And I like walked out of the office. Like, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that, yeah that was- I remember I actually, I got margaritas and like chips and salsa with Eve the day after the big event, the launch that they had at at Underground Devices. And she had I think this was before before we had met before I knew your name. And uh, but I had met Tim, you know, your your advisor at that point. And even I got together right after that event, uh, right next to the airport just to have drinks. And she told me all about it and how this amazing student uh, of, of Tim's had won this scholarship from Underground mm-hmm. Devices. An SPE. No, yeah, it was it was it was an odd experience because I, I was just like in my own zone working, and this random phone call got me by surprise. But it was fun. I got to, I got to tour the UDI. Super cool team. The owners are like very family oriented, so it, it, it seemed very tight knit. So it was, it was really cool to actually meet everyone and to actually receive like that huge check that they give you and meet all the employees. We all ate together. 
got to meet some of the employees. And so it was, it was fun. So you were happy to so pick up an unknown number to the bank? <laughs> no, you can't. Yeah, they told me, don't try to take this to the bank. I was like, no, I'm, I'm not going to try because it, it barely even fit in my car. So, Happy Gilmore style where it's just got yeah. all the checks in the back. <laughs> right, so it was, it was a super cool experience. Very privileged to have won that award. So it was nice. Yeah. So tell us how you got interested in plastics. Yeah. So in plastics, it was, <laughs> didn't even mean to get into plastics. I was Nobody in ever does. Yeah, I was an undergrad and I was taking Tim's introduction to manufacturing and plastics course and his chief engineer, Sebastian Gores, I remember he, he works at 3M now. He just spoke in class and he's like, yeah, we're looking for research assistance. Anyone who wants to join, feel free to contact me. And I was like, hmm, I think it would be a good experience. So then I got kind of motivated. I emailed him and then I started helping him on some research projects. Then another semester passed by. I helped another student on, on her research project, Sara. Zimon. And then I actually never knew about grad school before that. And so one of the students, Jose Coloni, is like, you know, Alan, you should really consider graduate school. So I see you being involved and I see that you like you like doing things and like thinking outside the box. So he recommended this uh, to me. And so then I was like, okay, whatever. I'll just apply and see what my options kind of um, come out after undergrad. And so then I ultimately decided, okay, let me just reject my job offers and just continue in this research lab because the, the environment that Tim really has in our in our lab is super nice. It's super inclusive. We're all like a family. We cook for each other. So it was it was really nice. It was a really nice environment where I saw myself growing professionally and um, and personally as well. And so then I took that shot and um, I told Tim first, I'm staying for a master's. We'll see from there. And little by little, just Tim just kept keeping me along, keeping me along. And he's like, no, stay for this, stay for this, stay for this. And I'm um, five years into the game and almost exiting my my PhD career. So it was definitely not planned for me. I just always knew I wanted to be an engineer, specifically mechanical engineer. Um, and just kind of went with the flow, I guess, with Tim. Mm-hmm. And um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you've gotten to attend some SPE conferences, right? Were you one of the, the group that Tim brought to Antech as well? The annual tech Yeah, so conference? we went to Antech, um, but I usually always go as well to the ACC in, in Novi. Um, and then I hope... Uh, help organize a TopCon as well, which is happening in, in May in Madison. So I think Professor Oswald and just the whole PC, our lab is, is quite involved in SP and conferences and just organizing. So very nice. What's, a, what's the TopCon uh, title? Yeah, it's a, it's an, uh, a conference specifically for thermosets. Um, so mm-hmm. we bring a lot of formulators. I think last year we had the, the largest turnar- turnout. I think it was like 150 people. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that, please. But it was it was it was a nice turnout at Monona Terrace here in Madison. So it was, it was a beautiful event. And we included a poser competition for students to be involved and to get more, I guess, uh, networking uh, possibilities. It was nice. Which we always say is one of the uh, benefits of SPE is the networking. You know, even if you just come for the networking, you're. Um, as we were kind of mentioning beforehand, um, you know, it gives you the opportunity to yell people's names out on a street in Dusseldorf uh, <laughs> when you're when you're trying to just go back to your apartment after a long day of walking around the show, and other people are headed in the opposite direction of their apartment, maybe towards more beverages. Yeah, yeah, I think definitely that yeah, would be huge. I- <laughs> Yeah, I've I've definitely been in multiple cities, like random small cities. Like you find a lot of these, you know, uh, plastics processors or or suppliers, uh, and seen people like either competing reps that are friends of mine in the industry or suppliers. And it's like, hey, Frank. Yeah, I know we're both in downtown Sheboygan. What are the odds? <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, yeah, it's, I think it's it's super funny, like how Tim always says it's like the plastics mafia. It's like everyone knows each other. Like you can spot people from long distances. And so last summer we went to uh, Colombia, and I I told him, um, did you tell anyone we're going to Colombia? Like because he's from Colombia, mm-hmm. so to meet up or I don't know, just catch up. He's like, no, if I if I tell people I'm in Colombia, I'll stay here for months because people won't like leave me alone. <laughs> he knows so many people. And I was like, oh, really? So then I, I didn't believe him at, at first. And then he went to the airport and we ran into like three people he knew in the airport. I was like, oh, my God, Tim, we can't go anywhere <laughs> without you being noticed. And it was just like walking towards our gate and you hear Tim, Tim, Tim. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Know, Tim. 
He is a very popular man. <laughs> so, but yeah, networking's huge. So something nice about it. So tell us, uh, you know, what the application process for the scholarship was like, you know, through the foundation. Was it straightforward? What kind of essays were involved? What, you know, what was your experience like? It was quite smooth. So um, there's like X amount of scholarships that one can apply for. And um, there might be some general statement essays that one has to do for all of them. And then if you click on, let's say, a specific one, let's say it's extrusion related, they might ask you to give, I don't know, 500 words extra of why your experiences, I guess, align more with extrusion or kind of something more tailor made for this, this scholarship. So it's quite straightforward. I would say it's pretty similar to the other scholarship uh scholarships out there. So I think it's, it's, it's really doable. Professor Oswald always tells us apply. It doesn't hurt to apply. You know, the worst thing that people can tell you in anything is just no, no one's going to email you back. You suck, Alan. Why did you dare you apply to the scholarship? No. So I think it's, it's always, it's, it's always worth it to apply just to see the outcome. That would take a whole separate committee to email people telling them exactly. they're terrible. And also it would take a very it's like no one's out there to like the roast you, right? So, like, yeah. yeah, that would be a very mean committee. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I think it was it was nice. It was a, a really smooth uh, application process. And tell us um, about some of the things that you're working on now. You say you're in your your fifth year. Yeah. What so are some of the projects if you're able to share with us. Yes. So a lot of my my projects are really in the implementation of machine learning within let's say Palmer processing or formulations. And so some of the projects that I've led is, for example, replacing the Adidas synthetic uh, material with some sort of something that's more sustainable, for example, natural rubber. And so um, we made a machine learning algorithm where it would output the formulation needed to reach those type of viscoelastic properties. And so essentially kind of being able to optimize the formulation process within industry and to reduce the amount of design of experiments because a lot of the times formulators are paid a lot of money and that's because they have so much knowledge that they can like balance out every single additive and make sure that you reach your specific properties that you want. And so what I decided to say was, okay, maybe we can just use machine learning, do some experiments and then have the machine learning model tell us, okay, we need to do these experiments to get a better model or the model's already fully developed and we can just use these formulations to reach these properties. Um, so those kind of the projects I, I, I mainly work on and, and really trying to apply like artificial intelligence into manufacturing technologies. I, I love that because, you know, we talk a lot about how there's this, you know, upcoming mass exodus of retirees. And, you know, we're talking about how they have all this knowledge, you know, knowing how to balance the additives and, you know, get these properties and stuff. So, you know, there's one method where you have everyone just get up to speed in the industry, which feels like a big ask, <laughs> or you start applying stuff like machine learning. And I think that's, um, you know, a really smart approach to, you know, not, and not even apply a bandaid, apply like whole damn plaster. Onto the yeah, absolutely. This is when you said, when you said, the, you know, taking, you know, all the, the knowledge needed, you know, with formulators, so that's the, the industry that I work in, right. In master batching. And first I'm like, Oh shoot, this kid's going to put us out of business. <laughs> but you know, I, I really love and kind of off topic, but it might be something, you know, um, taking these this kind of data that you're gathering and, and you know, the learnings that you've you've um, you're probably demonstrating right now, taking that and presenting it to a, a, a conference like SB's um, CAD Retech, the Color Appearance Division, uh, where all the master batchers uh, attend and all the sub additive suppliers, et cetera. You know, I, I really see an opportunity to harness AI and machine learning um, when it comes to formulation as well. That's great. Yeah, I think it's extremely useful. And obviously the goal isn't to, I guess, take people's jobs, right? And replace it with a computer because you still need both, right? You, uh, uh, AI models doesn't know anything about polymer science. So essentially you still need someone to have that polymers background to create a robust model. Right. Let's say a, mo a model is going to be telling you, oh, the formula needs to be 57 years old. No, that's that's going to be a dumb model. Right. So you still need that connection, that, that uh, connection to reality, um, such as having a formulator and say a data scientist work together to create these models. And I think the best case scenario is to have a formulator know some sort of programming to be able to harness both things at once. And today, like coding is, is becoming much more easier, right, with ChatGPT coming out. It kind of allows you to code much easier. And nowadays, packages are so 
well-made in, let's say, Python, MATLAB, that you do a few clicks and it automatically populates the code that you need. So I think coding nowadays has grown so much and it's advanced so much that it's much easier to do. Yeah, we uh, we use a lot of Smartsheet um, at my work and I have just been just going wild on ChatGPT, making, like seeing what I can populate in formulas. I'm like, hmm, what can ChatGPT do for me today? Uh, it's been amazing. I love it. <laughs> oh, well, Lindsay, that's something we haven't talked about. I use um, I use uh, the the uh, image creation for the work that I do, actually. Oh, you've shown me some of the creepy movie. images yeah. you've created. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, listen, that was just a <laughs> free time. That wasn't work related. That was just for fun. <laughs> that was practice. <laughs> well, you are practicing very well. <laughs> But yeah, I think AI is, is, is super cool and it can be used for so many things. It's just being able to really use it effectively, right? Whether right. it's a, making a really odd image or really <laughs> interesting image or such, but I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. So, you know, you've been in this industry now with um, being in school and stuff for at least five years. Do you face a lot of criticism from people about being in the plastics industry or even, you know, letting the robots take over the world? Uh, I would say... Not as much, but I do see a lot of, let's say, negative connotations to plastics, but I do try to address that. So for example, Tim's on sabbatical right now, so I'm teaching his course of undergrads. And so I always talk in course in the in the class, you know, plastics have, has, have a huge negative cloud over it, right? Um, but in reality, we can't survive without plastics. You know, we'd be all naked. We, you know, our food would spoil immediately. And so we, we really depend on plastics and and it's, it's super important for us to understand that. But I think it's really important for us to know how to design plastics appropriately um, and ethically to ensure that we can optimize products, but not have so much plastic waste, right? We, there's no reason for us to have 1 billion straws out there, right? We can just use other methods for drinking, you know, but we definitely need it for aerospace applications. I think the seven, is it the 737? It's like 50% composites. Um, so it's almost primarily, it's say a plastics type of product. So, but yeah, I, I know plastics has, has a huge negative cloud over it, but I guess we try to just address it by showing them how it can be used effectively. And uh, I think we're we're getting close to time here. Um, what uh, what kind of role do you see yourself in the future? Obviously, you keep getting sucked back in with Professor Oswald. But what's are you going to stay in academia? Are you going to go into industry? What do you, what do you think's next for you? Yeah, so I think for me. Um, I really do see myself going back into academia, um, specifically being part of a research institution where I can lead a research group and also kind of teach the next generation of engineers. Um, but in order to do that, I need to get kind of different types of experiences, for example, being a postdoc or being a, a research scientist. So I think the future for me is just finding positions where I can be always on my toes thinking, um, yeah, using my brain, I'm, I'm a super, I, I wear a lot of hats. And so if I just have a very steady job, I think I'd be very miserable. So yes, I think it just anything that just really, really keeps me active in terms of battery manufacturing, AI implementation of AI within injection molding, and, and really being part of the change in really optimizing plastics implementation in industry. But do you have, do you have engineers in your family as well? No, no. So uh, my dad is a, a product designer at an electrical company, um, but he comes from a very non-traditional background. My parents immigrated from Mexico and barely finished high school. And so he kind of moved his way up. And so that's kind of like the figure I saw for engineering. Um, so the first time I got I got interested in engineering was when I went to take your child to work day. So they tour you around the manufacturing facility. And so I was like, oh my God, what are these huge machines when I was little? And so that kind of sparked my interest. And so little by little, I've been getting into science classes and doing this and doing that. And then Little Alan is now a PhD student in, in engineering. <laughs> so it worked. <laughs> it worked out. Well, I'm sure your family is very, very proud. I hope so, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alan, it was awesome having you on. Um, thank you for being part of our industry and being part of SPE. And um, congratulations on your huge scholarship. And we look forward to seeing you and the robots take us all over. <laughs> no, thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> Super nice for you guys to, to interview students. And so thank you again. Kelsey Alice, scholarship winner. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. So tell us uh, a little bit about yourself, where you go to school, what you're studying. Um, I'm a senior studying 
polymer material engineering at Western Washington University in Bellingham. Um, it gets a lot of name changes. So it, when I first started, it was plastics and composite engineering. Um, the program is pretty I consider it pretty diverse in terms of the things that we learn. It's really hands-on. So there's, we run a lot of plastics manufacturing equipment, but we also take a few classes that involve like metals and CNC machining, making a tooling for injection molding. Um, so pretty fun major and you can definitely tailor it to your interests. And so you are one of our uh, SPE Foundation scholarship winners. Can you tell us which scholarship you won? Yeah, so I won the Plastic Pioneers Association, and then I believe the other one is Western Plastic Pioneers. Hopefully I'm saying that right. And then I also won the Recycling Division um, Scholarship. Nice. So. Yeah, and you were one of the, uh, it was the very first year that Recycling Division uh, gave that scholarship, and I think you were one of two winners. So congratulations oh, again. Nice. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so um, what brought you into plastics? Like what, you know... I know um, I'm a former plastics student, uh, and every time I would say, oh, I'm going to school for plastics, people would be like, what? What's plastic? Why Why are you studying that? So let's see. How's it uh, several years later? Um, I would say for me, it was kind of a long and winding road. I didn't plan to end up in this major. Um, I was kind of between material science engineering and chemical engineering, and this program seemed very hands-on. Um, and I also think, you know, plastics are everywhere. They're in every industry. Um, while they do get kind of villainized, as I like to say, they are essential um, and they represent a lot of, you know, consumer goods are made from plastic. And so this one, I went with PME major because it was really hands on. It wasn't so much really high level theory. It was actually getting in and running machines and troubleshooting, you know, plastic defects or composite defects. Um, and so I liked that. I felt like I was kind of lacking the hands on experience that I feel like, you know, engineers gain over time. But I really wanted that now. Um, and I also love the city that my school is in. So that was also a really big draw, but it was definitely difficult for me to choose a major. I talked to a lot of advisors and professors and, you know, I feel like I had some sleepless nights, like what am I gonna do with my life? But overall ended up in a program that I really love. And I've definitely learned a lot about plastics and it's definitely changed my perception of them as a material. Yeah, I think that's uh, something not a lot of people expect is, you know, going into plastic. Some people think of it as like manufacturing only or, you know, sometimes I feel like people think of it as the sciencey part of it only. But I think I, what I hear the most is people always say it's, it's changed my perspective on plastic. Like Mercedes is like a number one example. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I wish I had known to study it in college. Um, I'm curious, Lindsay and I have talked um, in the past. Uh, I don't know if we really talked about it on the podcast, but the ratio of, of males to females or, or percentages of males to females in, in your major. Um, I think, I mean, back when I think when I started in plastics seven years ago, it was one of the highest percentages of, of, of um, female uh, majors for engineering um, with with computer science being the lowest <laughs> percentage. Do you know what your what your uh, program is like in terms of percentage male, female? Yeah. So I don't I don't know exactly. I think I have about 21 students in the class. That number has changed over time. And we have five women. Um, but I know the class before me was about the same number of students and only one woman. And the class below me is about equal male to men to women ratio. Ooh, that's nice. <laughs> Always good to see, especially when you see it in the younger classes, because you're like, all right, maybe maybe the word's getting out there. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, we're always, it's something we always talk about. We're like, oh, there's more women this year. Cool. <laughs> um, so how did you get involved? Go ahead, Lindsay. Yeah. And, well, I was going to ask you the same question, you know, so this, these scholarships are all through SPE. So how, what was your involvement? Like, how'd you hear about SPE? How'd you find out about the scholarships? Um, so my school has a combined SPE and SAMPE chapter. And so we learn about SPE pretty early on um, and the scholarship opportunities. And also it's just using their site as resources. It can be really difficult to find um, resources as a plastic student um, because it's not as academic focused as it is industry focused. So we don't have like 
a textbook for our classes. So a lot of times it's looking at those um, industry sites. And so SPE is a really good resource for us. So the scholarships, I don't know exactly how, but I'm, I think that they're advertised pretty often because I had heard of them also my first year. And it was one of those things where I meant to send in my application and I just never finished it. So it's a, did you want me to talk about the process at all or just? Yeah, sure. Tell us, you know, what it was like to apply for a scholarship with SPE. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. You have to write at least, I think you write about an essay for every scholarship you apply to, but it is one blank app that you send in at the end. Um, so there's a fair bit of writing and I always kind of struggle with like, what have I been doing? What have I done? And then when you kind of put it down to paper, it's like, oh, wow, I've actually done a lot. And, you know, kind of just realizing what you've contributed and recognizing like that was something I did that's worth talking about. Um, and so I, I always kind of take time with that because it takes me a bit of time to remember everything and just get them done. I think it was, you know, it had to be five to seven, you know, maybe 1000 word at 500 to 1000 word essays. I don't I don't remember because it was about a year ago now, but really for what you get out of it, it's absolutely worth the time. It's definitely made a big difference financially. You know, last year was I was really kind of counting down the days until my financial aid came out. And this year it's definitely made it a lot more comfortable. So I'm very grateful for the organization. And then there are specific. So, you know, some are the specific to do you have injection molding experience? Do you have extrusion experience, composite experience? The recycling one obviously wanted experience and how have you kind of what have you done to improve the sustainability of plastics or recycling? So it's definitely worth the time, but it's not it might take you a bit if you're a slow rider like myself. I'm going to give you a piece of Mama Lindsay's advice here. When I someone gave me this piece of advice a long time ago and I have done it ever since. But you know, certain people struggle with, you know, saying how great they are or all the accomplishments they've done. And someone told me, you like spreadsheets, right? And I was like, oh, yeah, I like spreadsheets. So she's like, make a spreadsheet, just a Google Doc and write down everything <laughs> you do, whether it's big, little, you think it matters, it doesn't matter. And then whenever someone asks you to write like a bio or a scholarship or, you know, something else, you just or, you <laughs> or know, a table of contents for a book you're writing <laughs> or a table of contents for a book you're writing. Either way, uh, you just go in and you can just peel out what you've done. And then it makes it so much easier. And it has saved me so many angry hours. Yeah, that's no, that's advice. great advice. <laughs> I'll probably start on that right away. <laughs> I don't know who gave me that advice, but it was many years ago. And I have I have a spreadsheet. I don't always update it, but sometimes I do. So Kelsey, um, one, um, one, one thing that made a big impact on the recycling division that was was something that you had worked on. Now, typically, I think a lot of submissions, not just for recycling, but for a lot of these, you know, uh, people are asking for papers or presentations that you've given or conferences you've participated in. And this was, I think, the first one that we got part of your submission the plastics cleanup and recycling that you did. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so I at the time was a Sampy Speed officer for my school. And so I had to think of an event that we could do um, to promote the club and just get people, you know, together. And I had a friend who was really involved in an organization called Surfrider. And Surfrider does beach cleanups I pretty much all over the Pacific Northwest, there's a lot of different chapters. And so I connected with them and I said, hey, can you help us organize a beach cleanup? There's a lot to go that goes into that that you don't think about. So it's like, what do we do with all of the things that we're not going to take back and recycle? And so they have all of the sort of resources to figure that out. And so they were like, yeah, we just told the city we're going to leave this by the dumpster, they'll come take it. But it was definitely, you know, they, Surfrider is a really good organization. They were really, really helpful in more of the sort of planning and how do we go about this sort of thing. But I was the one that was like, hey, when can we, can we do this? When can we do this? And it was really fun. I think we picked up over, it was like 300 pounds of trash. Um, and it felt good because I really was the one that was like, hey, we should do this. And I organized all of the, you know, communication and making flyers and just what do we need? What do we expect? And it was, I feel like people had 
had fun. It was a very cold day. It was definitely something that if you're thinking about it, I think you should do it. And if you have a chapter like Surfrider in your area, um, you should reach out to them and see if they can either help you organize it or do they already have an event going on? Because they do a lot more than just beach cleanups. They also do water quality testing. And they're just a wonderful organization that you know I encourage anybody to get involved with. Yeah, that's cool. So do you ever... Being in the plastics industry, you know, we kind of talked about the perspective. Do you ever receive criticism from family or friends for choosing plastics as your career? Um, you know, not not to my face anyways. <laughs> I think I have felt that regardless where I'm kind of apprehensive to tell people that I'm majoring in plastics or, you know, I did an internship that was for injection molding. And so that was making plastic. Um, But it's also like, I recognize that there's no other, there's not a better material choice for a lot of those products and things. So it's also, you know, being able to say, well, you know, what else would you do? What else would you make that from that would give you those properties and performance? And there really isn't a better choice. You can always like improve the recycling and incorporate more recycling product into it. But I also think that there's, you know, maybe that means consumers won't get a water bottle in their favorite color sort of thing. So I, yeah, not so much, but I have felt that regardless, but our program is, does have a lot of sustainability. So if I ever feel like that, I might kind of speak to the ocean plastic recycling side of things. Great. And last question. What's uh, what's next? What kind of role do you see yourself in in the future? I was offered a job at a company. They're called Janicky Industries. And so they're pretty close to my school. Um, I'll start in July. They work on a lot of composite tooling. So what I, I like to call composites fancy plastics because people don't really think of them as plastic and carbon fiber is super cool, even though it really is, you know, coated in plastic. So I'll be working on fancy plastics and some other tooling things. I don't really know yet. So, but I'm looking forward to it regardless. I like it. Fancy plastics is so much, so much better than uh, engineering residents. (laughs) Fancy plastic. Oh yeah. hundred percent using the phrase fancy plastics from now on. Definitely. Oh, well, no one really knows what a well, composite is. So I feel like that's a good <laughs> idea of good describer. You know, you're right. They, If they're unaware, just say fancy plastics and people are going to be like, oh, high end plastics. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kelsey, it was so nice to have you on today. We appreciate you sharing your story and telling us all about your process through the SP scholarship game. We're going to call it a game. It's fine. And, you know, we're we're looking forward to connecting with you in the future and good luck at your job. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me on. It was nice to meet you both. Wyatt McGraw, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. So what? You are one of our SPE Foundation Scholarship winners. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, where you go to school? If it looks like you've had some torrential rains by you today as well. Yeah, I think we had a tornado touchdown in uh, Dayton somewhere yesterday. Okay. So, so my name is Wyatt McGraw. I'm a senior uh, here at Shawnee State University pursuing a degree in plastics engineering. So how did you uh, get interested in plastics as a potential major? Well, now that you're committed. Yeah, so I, I've always been interested in, in science. And so I wanted to pursue a degree in plastics engineering more with the, uh, the polymer science side of that. And then my dad, he actually went to Shawnee to pursue <laughs> plastics engineering. So I like science and I, I had some familiarity with the plastics industry. So that kind of encouraged me to take a leap at Shawnee and the, the plastics program. And it's, it's been pretty awesome thus far. Very cool. So so plastics run in the family. That's that's amazing. <laughs> we love a plastics um, legacy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what uh, so how did you find out about uh, SPE? Did you find out about, about that through your dad or through the school or how did you get involved? Yeah. So my, one of my professors, um, Adam Miller, yeah, I think he was talking about SPE and asking us if we wanted to join like the, our school's version of that, which they just kind of go around and, and the different industries and, and, and meet them and kind of give you a better experience than are kind of a similar experience to an internship, but just with a variety of different industries, you kind of get a large respect then. So he introduced me to it and that's when I started applying for stuff. So how was the process to apply for the scholarship? You know, we know through the foundation, you could apply for many different scholarships underneath the umbrella of one big application, but how did you find it? Was it, you know, easy to find? 
Was there a lot of work? What kind of essays were you writing? Yeah, I, I thought it was I thought it was fairly simple and not simple as in like easy to do, but it was it was simple and the in the aspect as seemed as though it was very welcoming for plastics engineering students seemed to be very straightforward to the point, very helpful. And I, I didn't, I didn't feel as though it was just like something to give out money for, you know, tax write-offs or something. I actually felt like they were trying to help us as students and help, you know, further the development of the plastics industry, which I thought was pretty cool. Do you remember which one you won off the top of your head? Uh, not off the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> it might've been or injection molding or film blown extrusion processing? Well, I'm always team injection molding over here. And if it was injection molding, I would have been on the group that looked over that. We don't oh. vote on all the people. So don't worry if yeah. I don't remember your name. That doesn't mean I didn't vote for you. <laughs> uh, <okay. laughs> She's very forgetful. She's I'm very forgetful. Very <laughs> forgetful. <laughs> yes. But I am team injection molding. So that's all that matters. <laughs> I can get behind that. I like that. <laughs> so, um, why did do you remember any particular coursework or any projects that you submitted as as part of the uh, scholarship application process? A lot of my stuff was less with Shawnee, although we did work on you know projects. Uh, Shawnee has a their lab. They have they have I think three injection molders, a film blown extrusion process processor and then they have a few other different things to work with so we did a couple projects with that but uh i think for my application i was talking more about work experience you know when i was in high school i worked at charter next which i think they've changed their name now to next gen films um, which was an injection molding company and so i, I worked there in high school and so I, I got a little bit of an introduction to the plastics industry and the projects that we worked on there which was mostly just bags and then i worked at Ur magna and north down in Northplast, toledo area and i got to work on some projects with uh you know i was an intern slash co-op so was kind of, but it was got to work on the Ford Mustang, which was kind of exciting. The design process of that and the APQP and just all that, that kind of fun stuff. It's kind of fun to see. I will say, oh, I cool love that. Like, as an intern, when you have a project that you actually know the real world application for it, I think it just makes it so much more exciting. And especially when you're telling your friends and they're like, yeah, like I sat at a computer and did Excel all summer and you're like, well, I actually got to do yeah. <laughs> whatever. It was, it was really fun. It was, it, was, it was fun. And it was the internship at Magna. There's a lot of engineering, but they, they kind of spread you out across the, the whole process. So you got to see, like, like I said, like the APQP side of it, the robotics, the, the actual process engineering, line work. Uh, tooling. So it was, it was a good experience to see how they all kind of work together and how the whole process of, you know, from designing a part to getting it on the on the line and getting it on the road, which is kind of fun to see. It's cool. Good experience. I, I was going to say, I will say as someone looking at the scholarships, um, not only do I sit on the committee that does the injection molding one, but I sit on the foundation committee uh, scholarship review. And for me, one of the biggest like point getters is when I see real world experience, because yeah, there are there, you know, there are some good projects you can do in school and you can see so much, but once you see that you can't put the full, you know, you can't design parts to be perfectly radius and all, you know, you have your wall thickness the way you want the wall thickness. And sometimes a customer doesn't want a gate where you really actually should have a gate. And once yeah. you put all those rules into action, I think uh, the real world experience is like, oh, that's why we do things so, that way. <laughs> yeah, the kind of experience with that is, uh, and for the, with the process engineering side of that, every once in a while, Honda, what, they would send a Honda representative in and they check out the port printing and then they are uh, injecting. And then they'd say, this doesn't meet spec and this does it. And then you see them you know, not start over, but you see like, like how much work and how much time goes into perfecting a part that you you kind of just see on a car driving by and you don't really think twice about it. So it's kind of right. cool, fascinating. It's it's kind of overwhelming how much goes into one little part on a car. <laughs> it is. I feel like, or even, you know, you talked about bags too. I feel like some days I just feel like that dude from American Beauty, just looking at the plastic <laughs> bag floating yeah. and like it's so beautiful <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, there's there's so much that goes into it it's like it, the bags i thought was fascinating because uh, i was in high school when i started and i didn't know much about plastic the, the plastics industry or I've, I've heard stuff from my dad but he didn't really talk too much about it and then finding out like all the different layers in a just a plastic sheet like a medical grade plastic sheet and like what they're all for and i, I thought that was kind of like 
and you, you just look at it and it's just like a little, like a plastic film and you don't think there's just like seven layers in there. Yeah, right. it's, kind of, it's kind of crazy. Oh yeah. Nope. Nobody wants to go with me to, to the grocery store, to <laughs> Sephora, to Home Depot, Target. Yeah. None of, nobody wants to join me on my little, I've been stopped by, you know, the, the associates there being like, are you okay, ma'am? I'm like, Oh no, I'm just, I'm just, packaging touching you. I'm just, just taking pictures. Don't worry about it. Thinking about the world. Yeah. I, every, every time I go to the grocery store, I got to point out when you see like a high density polyethylene or like a, whatever keyword plastic you see, it's kind of, I, like I, do, I do it a lot with my kids now, especially like the cheap toys. Cause they, you know, always have like the big gates and like the huge parting lines. And I'm always like, yeah. they're like, mommy, what's this? I'm like, this is a gate. Everybody <laughs> look at this. Yeah. <laughs> it's good education. It's fine. It yeah. <laughs> so, you know, your dad is in the industry, but have you personally ever faced criticism from maybe a lot more of your peers um, for choosing plastics as your career of choice? Yeah, I, I, a lot of a lot of it initially wasn't criticism; it was confusion. They were they're like, <laughs> I didn't thing as a plastics engineer. Uh, that was right. That was, it was fun explaining, and then a, a lot of on the other side, there people are saying, you know, um, like, why are you getting into plastics? Plastics is horrible for the environment. Plastics, is, but they. It was kind of a good opportunity to explain what it is plastics engineers do. I mean, ex especially with like, I, I feel like the current model of where we're headed, I feel like it's aimed a lot more towards towards innovation, trying to figure out how to best process and handle things, recycling things, the best kind of plastics used for what for it's there, there's a lot more elements than just, you know, making plastic. So I think like for the environment, I think that's been kind of interesting to explore and to share with people. Right. And we're and, never we're never going to not have plastics. And if you don't start designing in sustainability, you're never going to get there. So yeah. So what you know that Lindsay is steadfastly team injection moldings. You've had injection molding experience. You've had some film experience. It sounds like, um, what's your favorite process? Uh, and there's I'm, only I'm, one right answer. Just stop. Yeah. I, I think something I've had the most technical experience with has definitely been injection molding. And so I am more passionate about that. When I was in high school working for, with film blown processing, um, it was a little more line work, less technical. I didn't really understand what the whole process was that was going on. I, I did before I left, kind of got to learn it a little bit more, but it was it was more just a job to you know, make, make money for college. So it was less, whereas whenever I started working at Magda and the injection, injection molding, I had more time and opportunity to learn about the actual process and how things worked. And so I, I'd say I'm definitely more passionate about injection molding. There's a beauty to the process, I got to say. You know, when you're sitting there and wondering what's going on and all it takes is, you know, changing your back pressure or something stupid like that. And you're like, huh, what are the odds? Yeah. yeah. It's always frustrating when you try to change everything and it's something obvious and simple. Yeah. It's, oh, it's always it's, something obvious and simple. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, I, I really do enjoy injection molding and, and, and that aspect of plastics. But I also, uh, like I said, I'm more into like the chemistry side. So I had, I had some experience working for or arable research lab. So they work more with like polymer science. We worked on trying to think of a project we worked on. They, they use soy. Their primary focus was sustainability using soybeans. So they worked alongside with the Ohio soybean farmers. So we worked on the orange chain oil for trying to think of the company. Uh, I'm going to hold you to it. Yeah. But working with that kind of stuff and man, are kind of seeing what goes into because working in injection and in injection molding and film blown extrusion, I, I, I saw these plastics. And I see, you know, polypropylenes for this or all, all these things, but being able to see how they actually make the additives for the plastics or how they actually make the polymers and the, the science behind it kind of gave me a more in-depth understanding of how that process actually worked. Another layer, just another layer, more complex, just yeah. keep, keep <laughs> so, yeah. Wyatt, I think we're about out of time today, but tell us first, what, uh, what kind of role do you see yourself in the future? Yeah, so I see myself working more in a, in a lab setting. Again, I, I'm, I'm not 100% sure. I'm a senior, so I should know by now. <laughs> but there's that, that pressure to get it all figured out. But I, I really do enjoy organic synthesis and understanding how polymers work and um, the science behind plastics. I think I can see myself moving more in that direction as I graduate and uh, have some more experience outside of school. Cool. Well, we will uh, definitely 
definitely pay attention to where you are in the industry and look forward to seeing you at all the fun events and shows. Come find us. We're always the ones that are the loudest. So yeah, yeah we're the loudest. Often we'll together. Often together. <laughs> yeah. If, yeah. If we got separated, it's because she's doing something with color. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Wyatt, it was really great having you on here. And uh, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's nice meeting you guys. This episode is supported by the Plastics Industry Association. Woohoo! Mercedes and I are super excited because we're going to join the Plastics Industry Association for the Refocus Recycling and Sustainability Summit May 1st through 4th in Minneapolis. That's where Prince is from. Oh. Refocus features action-oriented conversations to equip industry problem solvers and doers with the knowledge and tactics to accelerate plastic sustainability in their company's portfolio. And it addresses sustainability in the plastics industry by the plastics industry, for the people, by the people. And, and as a special treat to our listeners, you will receive 30% discount on the non-member rate when you use the code PLASTICS. That's P-L-A-S-T-C-H-I-C-K-S. We got a code. Look at us. We are code people now. And if you want to learn more and register to join, go to the link in the show notes or go to Plastics Industries website at plasticsindustry.org. Thanks again for listening. And remember to head over to 4SPE.org to learn more about the SPE Foundation and scholarships before applications close April 1st. It's not an April Fool's Day joke. It's, Fill it's out real your life. application. It's real, real life. life. Go it's over there, 4SPE.org. Apply. Yes. Real money. No fool's money. Hey, thanks so much for listening to Plastics. New episodes appear on the first Friday of every month. So either follow or subscribe to get those new episodes ASAP. Plastics, the Voices of Resin is a plastics podcast sponsored by SPE, inspiring plastics professionals. If you want to find out more about SPE, please visit for, like the number, SPE.org. Oh, plastics.